today's scripture reading is from the Gospel according to Mark, chapter 4, verses 35 to 40. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat, so that it was newly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on the cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. This is the word of the Lord. Um, I want to introduce our preachers um, this morning, uh, David and Shona Anderson. Uh, they are the co-directors of Arosha. Orosha is a non-profit organization which, which has a huge emphasis on environmental stewardship and they participate in scientific research, environmental education, community-based conservation projects, and sustainable agriculture with the inspiration of God's love. And I'm personally inspired um, by their mission, uh, which is to live out God's calling, uh, to care for creation, and to equip others to do likewise. And we heard a lot of good things about you from region um, and many uh, of us here, uh, also from the pastoral team, we have been to the Russia. So we just want to say we are so blessed by the work and the ministry that both of you have done with Russia. And on the Russia's website, um, so you mentioned a little bit more about David uh, and Shona. So David, his great love includes working alongside his wife Shona. That's that's something very rare. <laughs> that, that's a lot about your relationship, um, God's calling in both of your life and the ministry that you work. And yeah, and then David's love is also learning from life from his kids, Aiden, Noah, and Thea. He loves good coffee, great books, and getting lost outdoors. And Shona founded the Farm to Families program when she began working with Arosha, and a program that reaches out to families in need connecting them to food, community, and creation. And she's passionate about issues of uh, food security. So today, let, let, let us put our hands together and give her all our Thank you very much. It is uh, it's a gift to be here. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, there's a few firsts today. First time I've ever taken a shuttle bus to morning worship. I really enjoyed that. And actually, I mean, not, I say that uh, somewhat humorously, but actually, uh, I actually would extend a warm. I know some of the dynamics and the logistics that you're going through as a congregation. It's lots of moves and building and whatnot. And for all of you that are involved in managing that amount of controlled chaos and uh, and pulling on the goodwill of the congregation, and for all of you driving buses and managing 
parking and welcoming people, all the, it takes the whole body. And it, it was, we felt really welcomed even driving into an underground parking lot. Uh, honestly, so thank you are extending the peace of Christ in underground parking lots. That's a thing. It's lovely. Um, and while I do love working alongside Sean, this is the first time we've been married for 24 years. We've been working together uh, full time together for 13, but this is the first time we've ever preached together. So new things for now. Uh, let's put the slides up if we can. And uh, here we are, and go right to the next one. Joseph just helpfully explained a little bit what Arash is about. I'm going to introduce a little bit about what Arash does internationally locally here, tell you a bit about our family, and then Sean is going to bring some of the scriptural reflections from Mark and some other passages, and then we'll pray for you. Um, I'm not going to just read the slides as they are. Uh, Arasha, which means the rock in Portuguese, referencing our foundation in Christ, got started in Portugal in the early 80s, and it has been and continues to be uh, a holy experiment in what it can look like when women and men come together in community as followers of Jesus and filled with the Spirit, what does it look like to be able to extend the shalom and the peace that Christ brings to us, to one another, in the places that we live, in the ecosystems that sustain us? So our conviction, uh, not just as a Russia, but as God's people, is that Christ came to reconcile all things onto himself and does that through uh, self-sacrificing love and healing and forgiveness and removing of shame, removing of fear and calling us into something greater. Arash is seeking to do that in ways where people are blessed, yes, but also soil biodiversity increases instead of decreasing, where water gets cleaner and more healthy instead of more uh, where all of us in all of this actually practically demonstrates the shalom of our Lord and King. And that is no small undertaking. Uh, and we make lots of mistakes along the way. But that's what we're about. Uh, if you go to the next slide. Uh, although we began in Portugal, can you see? Yeah, it's coming up. Well, we began in Portugal, uh, work has spread, so we're now active. In 21 different countries, we've got teams on the ground working this out, and we have over 80 expressions of interest in what's called the Friends of Russia from different areas of the world. So, so something is happening on the earth and amongst human communities where people are hungry to know this kind of shalom and this kind of uh, living in right relationship and righteousness with one another. And the work is spreading fast. Uh, next slide. Here we are. This is our local expression. It's only 45 minutes south of you in South Surrey. I know those bridges seem like, like a whole different country, but it's pretty local. And, and many of you have come out to visit us. So this is our environmental center in South Surrey, right on the edge of Langley. And there we, uh, I'm not going to go into all our programs, but we do, we do farming. We do a lot of conservation science, particularly working with fish and salmon. Lots of the other agriculture projects around the world are really highly uh, focused on the birds. And while we love birds, we're really keen about fish here in Canada. It's the same thing. Um, 
We also do a ton of education, so we work with preschool kids all the way up to isolated seniors in the area, getting them out on the property and giving them uh, just the blessed experience of being in a, a, a caring community and in a beautiful ecosystem and learning about both together in the name of Jesus. And along the way, then we also have a retreat house, we host small groups and church conferences and all kinds of things. So that's a bit about our work locally. Uh, next slide, I uh, no fault of Joseph, but uh, this is a, a, a we need to update our website, guys. So here is our current family. Um, let's see, starting starting over here with the shortest member of our family. Um, Shauna and I adopted uh, two children out of foster care in 2020, right during the pandemic. Try that on. Welcome to our family. We're stuck inside for the next 18 months. So Hunter is our youngest. He's 12. Uh, next to him is Aiden in kind of the white shirt. Uh, Aiden's our oldest. He is 22. Um, and myself and Shauna. Uh, Noah is our 20-year-old in the red kind of shirt there. And then Samantha. So Hunter and Samantha are the two that are our newest kids from adoption. Samantha is 15. Um, so we've got two biological kids, we have two kids that uh, are newer to our family in the last three years. And then if we go to the next slide, uh, we have a member of our family that we lost uh, to leukemia. So this is Teo, and uh, some of you I know know our journey, but uh, Teo was diagnosed with a really aggressive form of leukemia when she was eight and a half, and she passed away uh, just about 19 months later in 2016, just at the age of 10. So when we talk about knowing um, the brokenness of creation and the beauty of creation, when we talk, when we sing songs like earth has no uh, sorrow, that heaven can't heal, uh, Shauna and I are not speaking from a place of abstract theory this morning. We're speaking from a place of lived reality. We, we know in our own home the brokenness of creation. We also know the beauty of creation and the gift of God's good gifts uh, in the life of our daughter. Um, and we know a measure of healing um, that we're journeying towards. So just just to say we know we know a little bit about what we're talking about. We know sorrow. Next slide, and then we'll get over the way here. Um, I think our, I think Regent, Shauna and I met at Regent College. Um, I'm very grateful to Regent. Shauna was exploring what to do with her life. She's from Halifax, I'm from White Rock, I'm opposite coast. And she went to a youth pastor, and uh, she was in her early 20s, and asked what she should do to kind of examine her faith before she went into law school. She was thinking about going to YWAM. And I have nothing against climate. But the youth pastor, praise God, said, Oh, no, you don't want to go to Wyoming. You want to go to Regent College and study there for one year. And uh, so we met in 1996 at Regent. And uh, Shauna did graduate from Regent and went on to get her law degree at UBC and worked for a few years while I was pastoring a church on Golden Island. Shauna was working in a law practice, and we had our three biological kids. 
in the body of Christ to, uh, to join another form in the body of Christ that actually has at heart a desire to serve the church, the whole church, in some of this message. John, I'm supposed to ask you. I'm supposed to ask you the question Justin asked you, which is given all this work we're doing uh, and all that we've experienced personally, what gets you up in the morning to take on this work and mission? It is a joy to be with you this morning. Thanks for the invitation. Um, I think we're going to start on slide 11. 11? Um, so what wakes me up in the morning? So I did um, uh, what wakes me up in the morning is that God's creation means healing, as we all do. But that um, it's really in a state that is declining. Um, we're losing species and we're losing land to oceans rising and uh, people are suffering. So that is what wakes me up. And because I have a belief in a God who heals. So as our staff and interns um, and volunteers remove invasive species or plant natives, as they test for fecal coliform in the river, as they teach children and adults about the importance of caring for creation, I'm aware that we do not need to engage in our work like other environmental organizations. Because we know Jesus. So we have a unique hope and a unique place, I think, in the sphere of environmental care. And because we want to encourage the church a bit to wake up to that call, I think the church has been historically a little bit silent in some portions of the people of God in regards to the care of creation. So we feel like we're hopeful and passionate. I am hopeful and passionate that through Christ we can really make a difference. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, we can access his wisdom and through listening to him, we can hear his direction and what places and actions we are to focus on. What will make the most difference for the kingdom by the work of our particular hands and our voices to help creation thrive becomes clearer through Christ in us. Without Christ, the state of the planet and its future can seem overwhelming, even depressing. We work with many young people who are quite discouraged struggling with depression, anxiety, and the state of the planet is definitely one of those things that leads to that. But as we look at scriptures and what Jesus did, how he lived can give us so much hope. Because through Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit, we are not completely constrained by the natural, as Jesus himself was not completely constrained. Though we respect and even love the natural systems that God has created, we know that God himself, in Christ, superseded those natural systems, was over and above them, and used them to protect, heal, and restore. So I want to look at a few passages that demonstrate this. We already read one, but if we could pull that slide up again, that would be great. Show how Jesus lived in creation and had power to work and influence creation for the healing, protection, and restoration of many, particularly broken humans. So I'll just read this passage one more time. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, 
Let us go to, over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along, just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drowned? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. And then he said to the disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. I love this story and these verses because I believe that as we think of the state of the planet and the crisis we are facing, crises we are facing, we are tempted to freak out in fear like the disciples. We just think of what's going on in Maui and what how overwhelming that must have felt and been and still is for so many. I think alternatively, as we learn from this passage, we can hear Jesus' words in this text teaching us two things. First, Jesus speaks to creation, rebuking the wind, and saying, quiet, be still, to the waves. Then the wind dies down, and it's completely calm. Second, Jesus speaks to the people and says, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? From, this, from the first, we learn that Jesus has authority over creation. There's nothing happening within creation that is shocking to him which does not mean he's happy with it or causing it, just that he doesn't react in fear. There is nothing in creation that is out of his possible control as he takes it the over. I would say my personal belief is that Jesus is not controlling everything that happens all the time because he's given us free will. But, but as we see through the Gospels, when he is called on, he responds, and he has complete authority in a similar way, we are given authority through Christ. Next slide. We're going to look at John 14. John 14, where the disciples are told that they will be able to do the things that Jesus did. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. We are not Jesus, but as we can see in John 14, Jesus expects those who believe in him to do even greater things than what we've seen him do. Next slide. I would think that this could mean that we too could calm a storm alter creation for his goodness. Clearly, we need to be asking for things and taking authority in ways that align with the goodness of God and with his will. But he does expect us to take up his work. How did the disciples in the boat respond? And what can we learn from them? The disciples respond in fear. And Jesus, in turn, has a response to the fear of the disciples, which I believe we can learn from as we face environmental or other crises. Why are you so afraid? Do 
do you still have no faith? I believe that this is one of our biggest challenges, to not give in to fear and to have faith in the face of significant storms. What would Jesus look like in this story? What would faith look like to Jesus in this story? I would think that faith would be believing that Jesus has authority over the wind and the waves and that he desires our willness. Say that again. I think to, to Jesus, our faith would be believing in the authority Jesus carries over the wind and the waves and that he desires good things for us. Faith would be trusting Jesus. Fear and faith cannot sit in the same boat. And from John 14, we can remember that Jesus said, I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified. So faith includes believing in Jesus, that he is who he says he is, and trusting him. And faith is not just believing, but acting. The action I want to focus on today is asking. So instead of fear, we can trust and ask the loving Father in the name and power of Jesus. It is not our role to carry the burden of all the world's problems, but as we see people or places being threatened, like we are right today in Maui and places in British Columbia across the globe, we can do the works he was doing as we ask so that the Father may be glorified. As we seek the kingdom and his ways and ask for things that he has encouraged us to ask for, for healing and restoration and peace and shalom. I challenged us to see the problems facing the earth and its people in our local places and communities, to identify the issues and potential solutions, to not fear and to ask in the name and power of Jesus for things to be different. All other practical actions to help and care for people and places are important, but they need to proceed from this place of hope and prayer and faith. As Matthew 6.33 says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and then all these things will be added to you. <laughs> so slide 16, next slide. Um, I might just skip this for um, So we'll go to the next, the next slide. This is a woman named Agnes Sanford. So, I've um, just been trying to learn a bit from others who've gone before us who have cared about creation care and also believe in God's miraculous ability to make a difference. This is one example. She writes in Creation Waits. When I moved to California in order to be nearer to my children and also to be handy to the San Andreas Fault in order to pray for it, I looked for a house. When I prayed for the San Andreas Fault, that is, settle its differences or make adjustments to the weather, weather that is even now being gradually pushed up from the ocean, I see with the eyes of faith God's healing and constructive power, God's life force of light shining into the mountains beneath which the fault lurks, and causing these areas of new land to develop so gently, so gradually, that there shall be no destructive Many people encouraged by the newspapers seem to gloat in the prospect of a destructive earthquake and to delight in telling it. However, God is more powerful than all the newspapers and gloomy prophets who foresee calamity. 
My hope is that through our work at Arasha and for you, as you hear and engage firsthand the impacts of environmental degradation in your world, that you can remember that we have a God who is all-powerful, who demonstrated that power through the works of Jesus on this earth, and that Jesus is asking us to do the same, to care for others and for places through his power, to pray, to speak to the mountain in faith, to cast down fear, because fear and faith cannot reside in the same world. I'd like to share just a quick personal example, um, if I can, about facing fear uh, with faith. So I recently journeyed, um, it was actually just two weeks ago with my mother, through her last days um, on this earth, and it was a really privilege to do so. But she did live, she lived with a chronic illness from birth, and lived really in fear often. So there was constantly this battle between fear of death and faith. And I just want to say what a joy it was in her last, it was actually the second day before she passed away, that I really feel like faith and love took over and the fear was dissipated. Um, and she was able to just so appreciate and send love to those of us who are her loved So I pray that we can all learn that there is an eternal hope that, that Jesus went ahead to prepare a home for us. We have something to look forward to that that can give us the hope and confidence to walk in each day, casting out fear, walking in faith, and doing the works that Jesus has called us to. Creator God, our Lord Jesus, what a gift it is to believe an expression of your body this morning. We would ask your blessing on First Baptist. Pray that you would, um, in the right season, uh, would you grant that I have eyes to see and your spirit's counsel to discern what around them they, they can respond to, what around them that they can respond to, knowing your empowering, enabling guidance and peace. That when the, they face challenges, whether personal or corporate, when you uh, raise up voices and members among them that are filled with a sense of your confidence, that step into the storms that inevitably we face and are able to say uh, along with Christ, be still, be still. And anxiety fades and fear is dispelled and, and trusting in you and looking in your eyes, we grow more confident, not, not in our own strength, but confident in the incredibly gentle and incredibly powerful hands that hold us fast. We walk in your way. We walk in your will by the power of your name. So, Shauna and I don't know this morning.
the challenges and storms that you face as a body, but the Holy Spirit does, and you do. And may you know the peace of Christ and the enabling of the Spirit together, together, as you face these storms. Lord, we pray, may your kingdom come, your will be done on earth in First Baptist Vancouver, as it is in We do so in the name, the powerful name, the gentle name of Jesus. Amen. You've been listening to the First Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. For more sermons and information about our church's services and programs, please visit firstbc.org.